Hi, everyone, and welcome back to the Eagle Community Church of Christ podcast. I'm John Gunter. I'm the preaching minister here at our church. And today we talk about another parable. We're talking about the parable of the unmerciful servant. Now, this is one of those parables, well, I guess like most of them, that really ask us to look in the mirror and to really see what's there in our own lives. This parable is about how we treat our fellow brothers and sisters and uh, how that relates, how that relationship relates to uh, our, our own relationship with God. Sometimes we kind of split those up, but this parable shows us these things are, are very much connected. So uh, I really enjoyed preaching this. I hope you enjoy it. I hope it blesses your life. Come see us sometime. We'd love to have you. Have a great week. Thank you, Scott. Thank you, Jordan. Again, what a, what a wonderful day to be together. Every time I, I miss being with you guys, I miss being with you guys. I, uh, as we uh, worshiped last week, at, at one point I looked over at Katie and I said, uh, do you realize we have been standing for 28 minutes? <laughs> so we stood for the first song and we were still standing 28 minutes later. And uh, you know what I thought, Paul? I thought, my people wouldn't stand for this. <laughs> That's what I thought. We did. We did miss you guys. <laughs> Put that in your pocket. Yeah. Uh, I'm surprised Paul didn't finish my sentence there. Uh, I'll see. Yes. I'll Okay. We're but we are so glad to uh, to be here and worship with you guys again and to uh, uh, just to be able to stand before you and, and it's just a a warm feeling uh, for me to be in this room with all of you, seeing your faces and uh, even though we know uh, a lot of us are going through things, uh, got sicknesses. Uh, we've had uh, people who've had. Loved ones pass away, uh, but isn't it a wonderful thing that we can come to a place and be surrounded by people that we know love us and that care for us and that are walking that walk with us? Uh, I just love that. I love this church, and so uh, thank you for being you. And uh, I can't wait to see what what God does with with this group of people in the future, right here in this community. Uh, this week, again, we are we are still in the parables. Uh, this week, our reading is going to come from Matthew 18, verses 21 through 35. This is what is known as the uh, unmerciful servant. So Matthew 18, 21 through 35. Then Peter came to Jesus and asked, Lord, how many times shall I forgive my brother or sister who sins against me? Up to seven times? Jesus answered, I tell you, not seven times, but 77 times. Therefore, the kingdom of heaven is like a king who wanted to settle accounts with his servants. As he began the settlement, a man who owed him 10,000 bags of gold was brought to him. Since he was not able to pay, the master ordered that he and his wife and his children and all that he had be sold and repay the debt. At this, the servant fell on his knees before him. Be patient with me, he begged. I will pay back everything. The servant's master took pity on him, canceled the debt, and let him go. But when that servant went out, he found one of his fellow servants who owed him a hundred silver coins. He grabbed him and began to choke him. Pay back what you owe me. I tore up my clicker on that one. Sorry. <laughs> pay back what you owe me, he demanded. Got to get into this, okay? Bring life to the scripture, right? His fellow servant fell to his knees and begged him, be patient with me and I will pay it back. But he refused. Instead, he went off and had the man thrown into prison until he could pay the debt. 
When the other servants saw what had happened, they were outraged and went and told their master everything that had happened. Then the master called the servant in, you wicked servant. I canceled all that debt of yours because you begged me to. Shouldn't you have had mercy on your fellow servant just as I had on you? In anger, his master handed him over to the jailers to be tortured until he, could, he should pay back all he owed. This is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister from your heart. You just kind of need to sit with that a minute, don't you? This is one of those things where Jesus does some powerful teaching just by uh, using common everyday things that we can relate with. Uh, each week we've kind of uh, gone through some of that, but uh, Scripture is filled with God saying, hey, why don't you examine what you're doing, right? Why don't you look and see how you're acting, and why don't you also kind of examine how my relationship is with you? I mean, that started in the Garden of Eden where Adam and Eve decided, well, they, they wanted to not listen to God, and God said, well, look where this got you. Uh, it goes on to uh, Abraham and, and Isaac, and he's about to sacrifice his son, and that's going to be something in the future that Abraham doesn't even know about. But God's showing us through his word kind of those relationships, those events that we can relate to. You think about uh, the, the story of uh, Hosea and, and Gomer. FaceTime video. Yeah, that's, we, can, we can video it. That's fine. <laughs> But the Bible is filled with all of these stories and ways that God says, why don't you look at yourself? Why don't you examine what is actually going on here? Each week we have talked about this scripture uh, from James 1, 22 through 25. And he says in the scripture, do not what? Merely listen. Don't just listen. Now, that could be something that we do, that we, we come and, and we come to the place this morning where uh, maybe you didn't show up to, to serve or encourage or to bestow grace or mercy on someone, but you, you came just to receive. And so somebody with that attitude might come and listen and think, hey, I'm good, right? I heard a sermon on Sunday. I'm good. And James says, don't merely listen to the word and what? So deceive yourselves. He says, do what it says, because if you're sitting here and all we do is come to listen and that doesn't do anything for us, all you're doing is deceiving yourself. And we know about what scripture says about Satan. Satan is the father of lies. Lies, deception, they're the same thing, right? So if all we do is we come and we hear the words of God and we, we hear these stories and, and nothing happens, all we're doing is deceiving ourselves, but he says, do what it says. Anyone who listens to the word but does not do what it says is like someone who looks at his face in a mirror and after looking at himself goes away and immediately forgets that quick glance. You know, sometimes looking in the mirror is painful, isn't it? I don't want to see that. I'm at a point in my life, I don't know, you guys tell me if I'm just weird about this or, or you have reached that too where sometimes I'm talking to someone and I'm thinking, man, they are kind of getting old. And then I find out later that they're younger than I am. 
Anybody else? Or am I the only one? Like, I don't, don't want to look in that mirror anymore, right? Because looking in the mirror can be hard. It can be painful. It can be something that I, I don't want to see. But, but that's what Scripture is calling us to do, is to take that painful look, that long look, not a glance that I forget, man, I'm still young and I can do it all, right? <laughs> One night, I think the last Wednesday night we met here, uh, the boys were out running in the yard, and, and Chase was out with them. And of course, y'all know Chase is a runner and everything, and, and uh, Evan wanted to race me. I said, all right. Pull up my pants. You, know, that, that, you don't want the preacher losing his pants out in the, the churchyard. There's no telling who would cover that in the news media, okay? But I raced Evan, and I'm not a, ashamed to tell you I smoked him. <laughs> and I know Chase probably meant this as a compliment. <laughs> but he looked at me and said, John, I did not expect that. <laughs> Thank you, I guess. In my mind, I'm still 18. In my mind, I'm still about, you know, 180 pounds, right? I don't want to look in the mirror because that can be painful. I don't want to see reality. I want to kind of see what I want to see, right? But again, James encourages us not to be the, that person who just does the quick glance and immediately forgets. We have to do what we have to hear and we have to do, right? And he finishes like this. He says, but whoever looks what? Intently. intently. Whoever looks intently into the perfect law that gives freedom and what? Continues in it, not forgetting what they have heard, but doing it, they will be what? Blessed. And that's a hard thing to think about because all we think about a lot of times is the pain that it's going to take to look intently into that. How many times have you been through something in your life that if, if you knew beforehand what you were going to go through, mm -mm, no thank you. But because you didn't know, and on this side of it, you look back and say, man, that was a blessing. I was blessed through hardship. I wouldn't sign up for it. I wouldn't encourage you to, but I experienced it and I was blessed. And that's what James says. If you look intently if you're willing to do the hard work, you will be blessed. The parable today is a lot like uh, well, this scripture, the golden rule. Matthew 7, uh, verses 12 through 14. So in everything, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this sums up the law and the prophets. Now he goes on a couple more scriptures, but we'll hold on here just a second. Now, I've heard this um, kind of, I don't know, twisted just a little bit. Because people who have impure motives, people who are kind of uh, slimy, I've seen use this scripture as like, well, I would act that way, so it's okay if you act that way to me. That's not, nah, we're not talking about, hey, if you can get over on me, do it, because I would do it to you. What he's talking about is act the way you're supposed to act. Act the way, as you read through Scripture and you see how you're supposed to act, act that way towards other people. Again, we know this as the golden rule. Uh, do to others what you would have them do to you. For this, again, sums up, this sums up the law and the prophets. 
He finishes this way, enter through the narrow gate, for wide is the gate, broad is the road that leads to destruction, and many enter through it, but small is the gate, and narrow the road that leads to life, and only a few find it. Didn't need to go that far. So what it says, it is very easy not to do this. It is very easy to only think about yourself. It's very easy to walk through this life and think, I'm going to live my best life no matter what. You guys get out of the way. If I need to step on you, I'll step on you, whatever. And that's what we see in this parable today, isn't it? That as Jesus tells this story, he tells about a man who owes so much money, and it was forgiven him just because he begged, just because he asked his master, his master granted that, But then when he sees his fellow servant, all of a sudden he's triggered again, right? One of the best financial advice things I would give to you, I think I heard from Dave Ramsey, never loan money to family. Anybody walked that road before? But the rest of that sentence is never loan money to family that you're not completely okay with not getting back. Because that's a different mindset. Because if I give to you thinking, I don't even want it back, then our relationship is probably not going to change. But if I give to you and and then you're late, and then we see each other at the grocery store, we're walking down the same aisle, and you both act like, (laughs) well, I need need to go to the bathroom real quick. (laughs) Or I need to go to the dairy. I don't know where you're going in the grocery store. But all of a sudden, you're triggered, right? Oh, my goodness, I can't believe you believe they wouldn't pay. And so Jesus tells a parable that we can really relate with, Right? That this man was forgiven, yet when he saw his, his fellow servant, probably a friend who he loaned money to, all of a sudden it went off. Uh-uh, you're going to pay me, right? I'm going to get mine. Completely forgetting what his master had just done for him. So number one this morning, I want to say this. Your relationship to your brothers and sisters says a lot about your relationship with God. Let me say that one more time so you can tweet it. All right, Twitter is, no, I'm not. (laughs) Your relationship to your brothers and sisters says a lot about your relationship with God because I think what we do a lot of times is we try to separate those two things. That me and God are on good terms, but me and brother so-and-so are not. Me and sister so-and-so, because of what she said or what she did or what he said or what he did, we are not. And as Jesus tells this story, he reminds us that those relationships are intertwined. You can't walk around being negative towards all your brothers and sisters and think, man, me and God got it good. We're walking hand in hand. We sing songs about that, don't we? That's not what this is about. This is, again, summing up the law and the prophets is your relationship with your brothers and sisters, acting toward them the way you would want them to treat you, again, having a healthy mindset, understanding Scripture. That relationship is important to understand in this parable. Number two, don't expect God to give you anything you're not willing to give someone else. I wish I could have shortened that up, but I I don't know. Don't expect God to give you anything you're not willing to give someone else. Does that make sense to you? Don't ask God for patience. 
Because what's he going to bless you with? Opportunities to be patient. And even with patience, we think about that in a very uh, selfish way. Like, you need to give me patience so it helps my life. Now, your patience might impact my life, right? Because the way you act with me, that, that, that forms our relationship, right? But think about it. Why would God give you anything? Powerball got up really high just a few weeks ago. Some of you probably hit your knees praying for that. And aside, if you're wondering, would the church take that money? Uh, yes, we would. <laughs> we would use that for all kinds of good in this community. I just, just letting you know. But why in the world would God bless you with something that you would then hold on to and not give to anyone else? So that your selfishness may abound? Would God do that? Okay, so again, in this parable, the, the servant begs for mercy. And that's what he's given by his master, right? Again, remembering, this is talking about relationship between us and God. And God grants us that. He gives us, he bestows upon us this mercy that we don't earn, right? Yet, we turn around and look at our brother or our sister and we say, not a chance. I remember what you did. So why would God give you anything that you're not willing to give to someone else? And the parable here says, okay, he'll take it back. He'll take it all back. <clears throat> to understand part of this uh, parable, the terms, in, in terms of uh, what Jesus says as he explains the amounts of money that the master uh, is owed by the first servant, he says, you have to know this, no reader could conceive of such an amount as in this parable. And Jesus' hearers would, have, would, have, would simply have thought of an impossible, impossibly large debt, like a child saying, a million gazillion. That's what the first servant owed his master. So when Jesus told that, that's what they heard. There's no way he can ever pay it back. And the master says, you are forgiven. Dr. Osborne goes on to say the difference in what Jesus lays out in the silver versus all these bags of gold is about 600,000 times difference in money. Times, not 600,000. Okay. And so that's what he's laying out there. And so when they hear this parable, they know it doesn't matter whether this guy, whether the master forgives him or not, there's no way he could ever pay it back. So even, even the servant begging his master, saying, just be patient with me, and I'll pay it back. The master knows, no, you won't, because you can't. Did you hear that? No, you won't, because you can't. You can't do that. God does it for you. God sent his one and only son to be there in place for us. <laughs> to wipe our slate clean where all the accounting has gone on, all the ledger has gone on, where he, we have sinned so many times, and God says, you know what, if you will just accept my son Jesus, if you will declare and pledge allegiance to him, if you'll be baptized into his name, I'll just wipe this thing clean. You could never pay it anyway. 
But then we turn around to our brothers and sisters and again say, eh, I don't know about you. Number three here, God has shown you more mercy than you can comprehend. Somebody needs to say amen to that. Maybe y'all don't comprehend it at all. I don't know. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. God has shown you more mercy than you can comprehend. And that's the story of this. Again, by the discrepancy and the way Jesus lays it out, bags and bags of gold versus some silver. God has had so much mercy on you. Sometimes we walk around like we don't know that at all. Woe is me. And some of us are walking around like Eeyore. I hadn't seen Winnie the Pooh in a long time, but you remember Eeyore, don't you? Always a rain cloud, right? And some of you need to be right now thinking about all the ways that God has blessed you, all the ways that God has shown mercy on you. That you're sitting here right now is a blessing. I don't care what's going on in your life. The fact that you are right here, right now, that you have the health to be here, that you are able to afford to drive and be here, is a humongous blessing. And God, throughout our lives, just keeps pouring out and pouring out his grace and his mercy. And what do you think he expects us to do? To do the same. Don't ask God for his grace and mercy. You're not willing to give it out. Don't do it. It's ridiculous. And maybe the hardest part of this is this. Forgive. Isn't that a tough one? Nothing else needed. I had all those long sentences. Now you get one word. Forgive. And that's all we need to say, isn't it? Because we understand how difficult it can be. We're not downplaying any traumatic things that have happened to you because some things are very hard to forgive, aren't they? Things can happen to us even, even as kids or throughout our life that can really put our life in a, a weird trajectory and a thing that just hangs on to us, and we're not downplaying that at all. But you can't ask God for grace and mercy and forgiveness if you are not at least willing to try and forgive, whatever that is. Because God has forgiven us way more than anything anybody can do to us. You understand that? That may be difficult to hear because of how traumatic things can be in your life. And Jesus doesn't say in this parable, and you need to do it immediately. I've seen uh, tragedy happen. I remember, I think it was either Amish or Mennonite people where uh, some of their people were killed and they immediately, like next day, came out and forgave the guy. And maybe they did, but for me, I need some time. <laughs> Anybody else? I need some time. And, and Jesus doesn't say, you do it immediately on the spot. After Jordan punches my wife, uh, we're going to get something started. He didn't do that. <laughs> I forgive you, Jordan. But you have to have the attitude that I want to be like God. I want to I understand what God has done for me, and I want to show that same love and grace and mercy and forgiveness to you. Because that's what Scripture calls me to do, is to be a person with that kind of attitude that I want that to happen. I want you to find salvation too. I might want you to find a little pain along the way, but I want you to find salvation. So we forgive. 
Jesus doesn't let us off the hook on this. What Jesus says here in verse 35, he says, this is how my heavenly Father will treat each of you. Again, taking all of it back. You heard that. He said, he said I'm going to put him in prison until he can pay all his debts. How, how much uh, business can y'all get done from prison? I mean, they weren't in the age of cell phones or anything like that. How much do you think they, they paid back while they were in jail, the man, in this, this kind of culture? But he says, this is how my heavenly father will treat each of you unless you forgive your brother or sister. What does that say? Not just because I said it out loud. Not just because I went in front of the church and said it. That we have to be willing to actually forgive. There are people that if they walked in this room right now, I would, I would have a negative reaction because of the way they've impacted my life. But for each of those people, I have, I've had to say out loud, I have to do that, I have to say it out loud. I forgive you for what you've done to me. And the blessing and the freedom that comes from that place where I can finally stand and I can say that. Because, be honest, we, we can't say that early. I can't. I'm going to grip my teeth when I say it. You're going to know I'm angry, right? But at that point where I can say, I forgive you. I can't forget. We're human. I can't forget that. It's always a, a thought when we get to this. Oh, do we forget that? No. And you don't let somebody abuse you over and over either. That's not what this is about. This is about being willing to forgive and actually forgive. And the hardest part for me is when I have to forgive someone who hasn't asked for forgiveness. That in that moment, you haven't even admitted you have done anything wrong. In this age where we uh, throw around terms like gaslighting, where all of a sudden one person in a relationship decides to make sure you know that you're the problem and that goes on so long that you believe you're the problem, you understand you're the problem. Because this manipulation has happened and sometimes we get so far into it, it's hard to know what's up, what's, what's up, what's down, what's right, what's wrong. But when we get out of it and we understand we've got to be willing to forgive and forgive from the heart, not forgetting, not allowing ourselves to get back in that situation, but to actually forgive and want salvation for that person. And I know that's, that's very difficult to hear. I think when I, uh, last year when I first moved here, one of the, one of the uh, funniest and I don't know, truest stories. I probably told three times. I'm going to remind you of it right now. So if you need to roll your eyes, go ahead. I'll close. I'll look up a minute. <laughs> but Joe Beam, if you remember this story, Joe Beam is a marriage counselor from, I think he lives in Nashville, Tennessee. A great speaker. Love him. I uh, love to hear him talk. Uh, but Joe does, he does marriage things, marriage uh, conferences and things for all kinds of churches. He's a uh, church of Christ guy, but he does it for, you know, whatever church needs him. And he said, one time I was putting on a conference, and uh, I think it was the second night, the elders called him in, the leaders of the church, and, you know, that's always good. <laughs> always fun to have your elders call and say, hey, we need to talk. 
So then your mind gets to try and figure out what that talk's about. But he, he knew, you know, it had to been something. So he got in the room, and, and they were having this conversation. He, brought, he said, uh, so-and-so wants to talk to you. He's angry. And this brother came in, and he said, from what you've been saying, I think what you're saying is my brother, who is uh, going to the Baptist church, is going to be saved. And Joe looked at him and said, what would you think one day if you get to heaven and you see your brother there? He said, I would be so angry at God. And Joe said, I don't think you have to worry about seeing him there. <laughs> and what the guy heard was that his brother wouldn't be there. And the elders, as soon as the guy walked out of the room, he said, I don't think he got that one, did he? <laughs> but we are not those people, are we? I hope we're not. <laughs> but just because I sit in a place with a certain name or uh, whatever uh, church you go to or building you attend, that, that you sit in that building and think, man, all those people are gone. I'm going to be angry if they, if they are there. Because like Joe said, uh, I don't think you have to worry about that. I don't think you'll see them. Because it is about our attitude. The whole law and prophets are summed up in how I treat other people and how I give to them and how I encourage them. My relationship with them, again, is reflective of my relationship with God. You gotta remember that. So if you're walking around this morning with a heart full of hate, know that your relationship with God is not okay. You're walking around with a whole bunch of unforgiven things in your life. Understand that you and God need to have a talk. That you need to have another visit. And just like in this parable, maybe we all need to hit our knees a little bit more, do some praying, do some asking. When we thank God while we're there for all the things He's done for us. So you have a need this morning if you are in that place and just. Need some encouragement. People to walk with you. People who understand because we all understand it, don't we? We understand how difficult it can be. We understand this is not easy. We can walk alongside you. So if you have any need to restore that relationship or to begin it, put on Christ in baptism this morning, we can make that happen. We'd love to see it happen. But would you not respond right now as we stand and as we sing?